Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Help South Shore Radio Show. And here we are once again, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show on the. Wow. Okay. Well, we're rocking and rolling here, and we're going to engage in some debate. Maybe almost as good as the debate you're seeing on your television screens. If you take a quick break, you can join us. I am the Mouth of the South Shore of Cordova. The crab should be joining us shortly. And we're going to have the great debate of who is the greatest wrestling mind of all the times. Because just like 15 years ago, three of the best will be in the same room working for the same company with the same goal in mind. And speaking of great wrestling minds... We are joined on the line by the one and only, the Crab. Oh, look who's back. Let's call it back. What's up? Yeah. Well, uh, we were just talking about great wrestling minds, and who could have that conversation without mentioning you? I know. We Currently, last week's Mouth of the South Shore radio show is the most listened to radio show on the Wrestling Perspective Ever? Network in all of in all of June. Ever? Actually. For, for the last 27 days. All right. Well, that's that's something. Yeah. That's something. And hey, somebody had a birthday. And somebody have a birthday in June? Yeah, a bunch of people had a birthday in June. Yeah. I'm one of them. I they had could, a 29th right. birthday. Is it weird that the amount of years that you've been living is now equal to the amount of hairs on your head? No, I have uh, slightly less hairs on my head. So I passed that I passed that on milestone let me think when I turned nineteen. That's fair. Um now I know we're on the air uh for the next hour here. Are you upset? That you're missing a bunch of people yelling on a stage at each other with no end in sight. And no, it's not wrestling this time around. I mean, I did see the debate for the Money in the Bank ladder match in 2016. So uh, I can probably watch that and see something similar to what's going on in the world of politics. I'm also sad that I'm going to miss half of the show because... 10 o'clock is actually my bedtime now. You really are. I am a, I 29 years boy. old. Now and out. I don't know. It's bedtime now. Yeah, I, got a, I got a bedtime. I got things I got to do. Yeah. It, 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 it's time for me to lay my head down. Yeah. it's uh, the, Our lives, they are changing. And I want to get to the big topic of the day. You know, If we're, if we're going to have limited time together, we got to do it. And that, of mm-hmm. course, is. Major, major announcement comes out today. At first, wasn't sure what it meant, but it seems that 
Raw and SmackDown will have executive directors. Raw will be Paul Heyman. SmackDown will be Eric Bischoff. In a reversal of the early 2000s, when Bischoff, although not creatively, was running Raw, and Paul Heyman, behind the scenes, was actually running SmackDown. What are your expectations for this? Not high. <laughs> be very honest with you, because it's WWE branded, and nothing they've done in recent years gives me any sort of, you know, semblance of hope. Um, it's good that they brought in Bischoff for the uh, for the what's it called for the experience with uh, television network television because he did have a he, he was the brains behind getting WCW where they needed to be when they had to be there so good for him kudos Mazel Tov the whole thing um I I, I hope it goes well I'm not going to sit here and pretend I think it will. But I really hope it goes well. So do I. And, you know, I was thinking back to that time, and I think it's a little before your time when you started watching. But the early 2000s, like 2002 to 2005, SmackDown, was a really good time for that show. And it was when Paul Heyman took over that show in 2002, when the brand split happened. He would ask for guys that Vince was like, eh. I don't know. And he would get those guys over. You had the original SmackDown 6 with the the Guerrero and the Mysterio and the Edge and the Benoit. I mean, they they had a really good thing going with those six guys. The other Guerrero, I guess, is one of them. And, uh, you know, they did that really good thing. And then they also, in the background, were debuting all these new talents. Deacon Batista, John Cena... Randy Orton, all guys debuted on SmackDown. All guys that were able to make a name for themselves in the WWE, Shelton Benjamin being another one. So if you let Paul Heyman have some actual creative say, do you think he he finds a a way to debut or build talent in the way that he used to be able to do it back in the early 2000s? No, because the talent now is completely different than it was back in 2002. Because the SmackDown 6, the Mysterio, Edge, both Guerreros, Kurt, and uh, Benoit, like they were the cream of the crop talent-wise. And now now there are guys who are not on TV that are more talented than those guys were at that point. Right. Guys like so Andrade, who... guys like Chad Gable. But I also don't think that he'll be able to get them on TV as often because there was a true brand split back then, and, they, and, and there were blocks that had to be filled. Now with this wild card rule nonsense, who knows if that's going to you know, continue to see play, but at least for now, they're building the same stories on both SmackDown and Raw, and their stories that they think need more than one show a week to build on. All right, so well, let's, it's let's not pretend... It's not that they won't have the talent to do it. They just won't have the time to showcase the talent. Well, let's pretend that the brand split comes back, right? That they agree that 
Raw is I don't Paul think Heyman's that's going to happen. If that happens, then I think that maybe I think it that doesn't. Raw will be a great place to show count, showcase talent. Maybe it doesn't, but let's 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 pretend that it does. That somehow Heyman and Bischoff are in a room and they convince Vince, give us separate rosters and let us do our own things. Let's pretend that conversation happens and they win. So and it's the original roster. So whoever's on Raw right now, that's supposed to be a Raw superstar, is on Raw, and whoever's on SmackDown is on SmackDown. Give me one male talent, one female talent, and one tag team that you believe Paul Heyman would get behind for the, the big push. Who do you think that Paul Heyman would invest in? Should he have that type of control? On Raw, I would need to check the rosters. <laughs> I don't, hold on a second. Let me let me go to the let me go to the WWE app that you can download for free. And if you so chose, you could invest in the WWE Network well, for only nine ninety nine a month. How about as that? As he's plugging stuff that we don't plug, I will because I know you're you're doing a search while you're doing that. I, I want to wish a big fan of the program and a good friend of mine, Mr. Seth Mintz, a happiest of birthdays. Going with the theme of the day, he's actually 35 years old today, which means he can legally run for president. But you know what else happens when you're 35 years old? Sometimes you don't function the way you used to, and you need BlueChew.com. Just kidding. That's not the ad. Yeah. But, I, I was hey, going to say, let's not make that the read. No, but, hey, I mean, you know, 35 years old, who knows what's going on. I say that coyly as I hit that number in just a few short months here. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I I got the honey. All right. Uh, Go with your roster. Who do we got? All right. So I'm looking at it right now, and – he's the guy guy I would push is already like an upper mid-card guy. I, w- I would push Cesaro to the main event. I think he's one of the most skilled wrestlers on the entire roster, let alone on Raw. Uh, dude can connect with the crowd regardless of what Vince says. So I think pushing Cesaro would be all right. Uh, it's awkward that both Bree and Nikki Bella are uh, considered Raw superstars. Yeah, um, considering they both retired. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I would push the Ascension as a tag team. In NXT, they ruled, if I could borrow a term from the 35-year-old across the internet. They were awesome in NXT, and I think they still have a bunch of that left. So I think that they would uh, they would be good in the role of dominant heel tag team if given the opportunity. But they're a little too hokey for the main roster at this moment in time and push the hell out of, out of Ruby riot, please. She's fantastic. So there, that is my male superstar, my tag team and my female superstar. Did you think about this at all? Or did you just throw this at me? No, I've been thinking about it and I, I have a few options. One of which is already being pushed. And I, I could see a guy like Heyman getting behind him and that's ricochet. I think Ricochet is the easiest person to push in the world because I think Heyman gives him the creative freedom to actually be his character, to be himself. 
And I'm not going to lie to you. If you've ever seen Ricochet off camera, and I'm not talking about like on the indies. I'm talking about off camera. Dude's got a lot of charisma. Like he has a big personality. He's just not showing it because WWE doesn't allow him to. But he also has the in-ring acumen to back it up. I think Ricochet right now has the potential to be one of the biggest stars WWE has seen in a very long time. I think he's that good. And I think Paul uh, Heyman thinks he's that good. I do. And I, I think from a top babyface perspective, I think he really could be that good. I was going to go with Ruby Riot myself because I, I just can't imagine the idea that she's been knocked down so many pegs. But I'm going to give you another one that I think Paul Heyman would get behind. And I, I know this is going to be a controversial one. But I think if anyone could do it, Paul Heyman could do it. And that is Dana Brooke. I think Paul Heyman could do it. I think he could make her a star. She was my only one. But people are starting to get behind her a little organically right now, which is kind of cool. Which I like. I've always liked Dana Brooke. I always thought she had some potential. She's obviously naturally athletic and uh, unnaturally other places. Um, but I, I think she has some charm to her. And I think if you let her tell her story... I mean, the whole thing with, like, her boyfriend dying, and I think there there's something there that would connect with an audience if you let her. So I'd be interested to see a guy like Paul Heyman, if you gave someone like her TV time, what could happen there. As for the tag teams, I think there's a lot of them, really. I mean, I think there's so much potential in that division, and I actually am excited a little bit by the idea of – having the revival as the champions and also kind of be lackeys within a group. I actually think that's a perfect role for them to kind of be like the, the henchmen that can also go. Like, I think that's a good role for them. And I wonder if there's an even bigger role in that regard. So I'm going to go with them. I think the easy answer is the war Raiders. Cause I mean, duh, like look at them. Just look at that. That's why I didn't go for them. But also, AOP is on Raw. They're really good too. They are. You could build the tag team. You could build that that Raw tag team division about the the revival of the War Raiders. I refuse to call them by their other garbage name. And uh, AOP. That that could be a tag team feud for for a little while. There, it could could be a little nice. Yeah. There's a lot there, and if we gave time to actual feuds, and here's the thing. You have the ultimate formula to making it work because every good show needs to have a, I want to say like a torch protector, right? It's like that person that's right near the, person or team right near the main event that you have to get through them in order to get there. The Usos are like perfect for that. I mean, they've been champions a ton of times. They're really, really good. Like, when, when's the last time you saw the Usos have a bad match? You can't. You can't tell me that they have. So, you put anyone in the ring with them, they're going to do well. And if you beat the Usos, it means something. So, I think that a guy like Heyman recognized that. But let's shift to SmackDown. Who's Bischoff's NWO? Because you know he's got to have his NWO. It's Bischoff. So, who's his NWO? Who I, do we think got? He's gonna, I think he's going to try to make Aleister Black his, uh, his Hollywood Hulk Hogan, if you will. I think he sees a lot. I think he could see a lot in him, either that or Finn Balor. 
I think Finn Bal. I, I think a group of Finn Balor, Alistair Black, and da, 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 let's look. I really miss Luke Harper, but they're not going to bring him back. So Alistair Black, Finn Balor. Do you have a good tag team on SmackDown? Who? I don't know. Are there any good tag teams on SmackDown that we could throw in there? I'm looking like the only actual tag teams on SmackDown are uh, the Shining Star Colognes, um, the tag team champions Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, which would be kind of cool mm-hmm. with Alistair Black and Finn Balor. Um, Heavy Machinery. And if you want to include KO and Sami Zayn, you can. So I'm going to go with those two as the start of the new NWL. Owens and Zayn. Because I just think they have that kind of... They have that attitude, that, like, cool attitude to the point where they piss me off. Well, Owens pisses me off. Zayn actually doesn't. In In the sense that I don't think Owens cares anymore about being a good heel. He used to, and it's bothering me. Like, he's trying to throw in, like, cool lines and cool things. It's like, dude, you are a good heel because you were such a jerk that everyone hated you. What, did you forget that that's what you're supposed to do? Anyway, if we're going with the group, I mean, that's the two you start with because they're already buddies. They're your Hall and Nash. Now you just need the third man. Who's the third man? Who is it? Who's the third man? I got I your think third Finn man. Balor could be it. I think, like I said, I think Finn Balor could be the third man. Andrade could be the third man, which would be really cool. I'm going to tell you um, who the third man is. Say Chad Gable. Say it. Bay. Bay. Oh, yeah. I said it. I said he's it. Not, he's we not, need... not even on the SmackDown roster. That, that, is, that is a bunch of bull. Hey, you know you they're going to get call up. Roster. And you choose somebody not on the SmackDown roster. All right. Look fine. You. you want me to choose someone on the roster? Because the, the leader has to have a leader personality. It can't just be some guy just because we like him. Finn Balor doesn't have, you tell me Finn Balor doesn't have a leader personality? Uh, yes, but I you know, just don't see it with those that, two that guys. Finn Balor, Bullet Club Finn Balor, that guy? I just no, don't know if I see him with... I'm, I just don't know if I see him with Owens and Zane. That's the problem. I just don't know if I see that combination. It could work. I mean, I need the common bond. Like, why are they together? But if we can come up with that, I think it could work. I could dig it. But over on SmackDown, I think they have some more interesting stuff. You know who else I, I need to see find a, a real home and a real idea? I think they're doing well with it now. But I'm like, I'm sitting around waiting for, for the payoff with this. And it's Nikki Cross. Like, I love myself some Nikki Cross. But I'm just waiting for what's the payoff? Like, when does she snap and beat the hell out of Alexa Bliss? When does that happen? Because I'm excited for it. And when that happens, I'm ready for her to take a title. I'm ready, I'm ready for some crazy in the title. I haven't had me some crazy with the women's title since Mickey James. Let's go. Mickey James is going to be in AEW by the end of the year. Sure. Why not? What he's not doing anything on TV. Oh, what a, what a game changer. I, I, I'm excited for that impending move. Honestly, hey. and I, I do want to get into this because there was a big – look, we all know that we – 
we don't know anything. And it, and the word is that it's going to be a gradual change with Raw and SmackDown. So we'll we'll see what comes of the next few weeks. But before you go, I need to get into this. On the Twitter machine, there was a few things happening this week. The biggest of which was that there was an announcement of an Evolve show that's going to be happening at the same time as an AEW show, which apparently is for charity. And the Evolve show is going to feature some NXT talents. Well, they're not just randomly NXT talent. They're they're NXT talent that got their start in Evolve. I know. I didn't say random. I said it's going to feature NXT talents. No, but you here's said the future random NXT talent. You I said random. random but the word random no, was there. I said some. Yeah. Not, not random. I said some. But anyway, the issue is not that. The issue is that Kenny Omega, with a since deleted tweet, said that basically they're taking blood money by putting on a show that costs money during an AEW show that is for charity, just because apparently they think it's because Vince wants to be petty. Now, pretty sure that Vince doesn't actually own Evolve, that they have a working thing together, and that Evolve is putting on their own show, and they ask for the talent. And not for nothing... I'm pretty sure it's a combination of both, because they're also doing NXT UK the same day as their next big pay-per-view. And NXT UK TakeOver was announced well after... I forget the name of the uh, AEW pay-per-view. The next one? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't remember either. Um, I wish I Look, I know that the the top of the card looks pretty but, good. But no, 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 no. I'm, not, no. I'm saying that WWE is running that show right up against the AEW pay-per-view to be petty. That, that, that okay. is factual. Uh, but that being said, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Fighter Fest, you know, gets me aroused in any way, shape, or form, which is the pay-per-view that they're going up against. Is this the one that is streaming free on Bleacher Report? It might be. I think my bigger issue, my bit, my, my bigger issue, is with Kenny Omega. Honestly, you, you don't go on there and say it. Am I wrong? He doesn't have anything to lose. I'm not. I'm not saying he does, but like, dude, your your whole thing is that you chose because you had you could go anywhere in the world, right? New Japan had you. WWE wanted you apparently, right? And they were willing to offer you whatever you wanted, and you chose to go there with your buddies because. Apparently, it was about the wrestling and about doing something new and exciting. Here's the thing. If you're going to do that, that's fine. But don't be a little punk about it. Like, I don't want to see AEW fall into the same trap that TNA fell into, where it's just about trying to one-up WWE. If WWE wants to be petty, let them be petty. Go out there, put on a good show. That's yeah, all you they need can to do. call them out and just go about their business by calling them out. There, 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 no. there are much. What do you mean, no? Stop calling them out. Worry about your own stuff. Am I wrong? I think I, I, I think you're a little wrong because if they were, if they were only worried about what WWE is doing, that's fine. 
But at the same time, if TNA, if social media was as big now, was as big when TNA was the thing, they would probably be doing the same. They would be doing it a little bit differently, but I have no problem with what Kenny Omega did. It's a brand new promotion. Get your name out there, and it's piggybacking off of something WWE is doing that directly interferes with something you're doing to try to get more eyes on your product. If that's what your goal is, then go for it. The hell do I care? You know how you get more eyes on your product? Put on a good product. By being good. And I understand that, but at the same time, TNA's product right now is the best it's been in years. MLW right, has a really good product right now. Did I you agree. hear people talking about that? Absolutely yes. not. Well, the, there are wrestling fans talking about it, but they're not anywhere that's visible. Here's the thing. AEW is going to be very visible. It's going to be on freaking TNT. So get your show right, because when TNA had their chance, they did not get their show right, and that's why they're on – I don't even know where they are anymore. Where, where, where are they now? Twitch? You're asking the wrong dude. I think they're on Twitch they now. Are so, on, when I see them, they are on www.reddit.com slash r slash WrestleStream. That right. is how so, I watch my CNA. Right. So they're nowhere to be found. Well, let's just call it spade a spade. They used to be on Spike TV, and now they are nowhere to be found. And let's be honest – one of the reasons for that is a guy that WWE just signed up to run one of their creatives. So that's happening. And I don't know what to do with he's it. Running, but He's running the creative of the show. He doesn't have say in what talent they bring in. I think that's the difference between what Bischoff did in TNA and what he's doing now. Because when he was running WCW like during that 84-week stretch, it was pretty decent, wasn't it? For some of it, and it's not but, like he and it's not like he can go back to the well and get guys like Colin Nash and Hogan. Like he has to, yeah, he literally has no choice but to do something with new people. All the old people that he would have brought back, he can't do. He can't bring them back. They're too old. They can't do anything like they could have in the early '90s. Those guys were already past their prime, and this was right. their swan song. Who who is going to be the NWO swan song if that's what you're so worried about? See, that's the thing because when when Bischoff came in to TNA, they immediately brought in NWO guys, but that wasn't the plan. The plan was they had to create their own NWO, of course, with I, Bischoff I and Hogan in it. That I understand, but that was ten years ago, and those guys were still able to work. Those guys no, no, can't no, but, work now. Yeah, but that was no, no, no. That was Jeff Hardy being the, the main guy because we have to turn a top babyface heel, which, look, I could see that being a Finn Balor-type guy. I get it, right? Like, ter- turn the top babyface heel. That always seems to be the formula for these people that don't understand how wrestling works. It worked once, therefore it'll always work. No, like, that's not going to continue to work because, well, let's be honest, there isn't a top babyface right now. There's nobody that you can take from that perch, and turn them into a bad guy and make the whole thing work. You know who the one guy on who could do that with? Not, Not on SmackDown. Not on Raw, you can I mean, you could say Roman Reigns, but hey, Roman Reigns is basically a heel anyway. So, no, I'll be honest. There's They're one guy. Talking about Rollins. Rollins is the biggest baby face they got. If they turn to yeah. heel, that would be and- crazy. No, he he's been a heel like semi recently, and I don't think I don't semi. think it would be that big a moment. I, I don't. 
But, I mean, there there is one way to do it. If you want to have the true NWO, there is one guy that you could do it with. Becky Lynch. I think Lynch. you know who that guy is. Who's that? Becky Lynch. I am thinking more along the lines of Jonathan Felix Anthony Cena. The third? Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it. Yeah, if you're going to do it, just, like, let him be the leader of the group, never wrestle, and just be a big pain in the ass for a little while. Like, you know. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I got to go to sleep. Go buy some Blue Chew. I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. And, yes, and with that, we should shout out our sponsors, BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is the only pill that is not a pill. It is a chewable, so it acts faster and lasts longer. And if you want some, come get some. Use the code WPP and get your first shipment free as a result of listening to this program. So thank you to the Wrestling Perspective Network for that deal. And thank you, BlueChew.com, for the sex lives of many and many more to come. See what I did there? That's right. So now we shift into the intimate schmooze. Just you and me and the radio show. The airwaves are mine, and I can do what I want. I could talk politics, talk about issues, and I'm not going to do that because why would I want to? All right? I mean, you could be listening to the debates right now. I'm sure you're learning a lot. I know I was when I was watching the debates, but we have about 15 minutes left in a special 45-minute edition, Mouth of the South Shore radio show, Bischoff and Heyman edition. And we can get into those guys even more. I wonder how much opportunity they're really going to have. And also, I wonder how Triple H feels about this. Because for all these years, Triple H is sitting there waiting for Vince to step aside so he can run things. All these years. Now, I don't know that he's stepping aside. He still gets the final say. But he's giving two powerful men high-up positions in terms of running the shows creatively. Don't you think that's a job Triple H would want? I mean, he's doing an NXT, and he's doing a damn good job in NXT. Don't you think that that would be the type of thing that he would embrace doing? Because I I feel like it is. And I feel like he might feel slighted from that. I, I don't know for sure. But I feel like he might feel slighted. I would. I mean, just imagine like you're working all those years and someone just kind of cuts in line and takes your spot. You know, you put in all this hard work and effort and someone who, what, oh, he did it 15 years ago. Oh, he's a tremendous athlete. You know, like, I get it. I get that these are people worth hiring. But are they any better are they any better than Triple H at this? The good news is, is that we are already starting to turn things around. Like I said, you have a few decent things going on. Now, here's the key. You have to recognize what you have. And I'm going to revert back to other generations to understand this concept. Let's take a talent like Baron Corbin. I don't hate Baron Corbin. Okay, I kind of do. But the reason I hate him 
is because he's constantly treated as this enormously big deal when he hasn't proven by any stretch of the imagination to be a big deal. I have a good comparison for Baron Corbin. Test. Think about it. Baron Corbin is around the same size as Test. He came in with the long hair, you know, former body they're both former bodyguards in some way, athletes. Makes sense. But when you used to get guys like that, they would start out in an enforcer role or a bodyguard type role. Right? Test debuted as a bodyguard enforcer role for the corporation. They even said, oh, he was a music bodyguard. Now he's the corporation's bodyguard. Okay. And the only way that he got out of that role is they humanized him. He went out with Stephanie, and they gave him a storyline there. It's a good idea. But other than that, I mean, he could have been the bodyguard type, the guy you have to fight to get to the more important guy for a while, and it would have worked. He could have dominated people. You do squash matches. And then someone that's a big deal beats him. And then you build him back up again for the next big guy to beat, right? Then eventually, if you want to use him for something else, give him personality. Corbin never really got that. They just treated him as this monster, and he was undefeated. And let's keep giving him chance after chance because he's big, so we have to. Again, find roles that fit for people. That's just not a role that fits for him. Main event guy, at least not at this point in his career, it's not a thing that works. Getting to the main event happens in one of two ways. One, you're just that good, and your natural charisma and performance alone justifies it. The Rock was that kind of guy. He just is that good. Some people get to the main event by being put in the right storyline to get to the main event. Take JBL, right? Finally get the character that makes sense as a top bad guy in a time where there weren't a lot of top bad guys. And then he becomes a coward that has a group. It makes sense. I'm not saying it's the best, but I'm saying it makes sense. So that's idea number two. Now, idea number three is you get built up slowly over time, and then a story, the right story, catapults you into the main event. Take Daniel Bryan, for instance, in 2013 to 2014. He gets in the anger management thing, develops the personality, and then he gets the rocket push, and then the whole thing leading up to WrestleMania 30, right? Treated like a main eventer. Problem is, it didn't really stick. Now let's take a guy where it's stuck. A story where they were clearly dedicated to the guy, and it's stuck. Dave Batista, right? He's Evolution's animal, and they're just they're developing the tensions, and you know eventually it's going to come to a head, and he's going to have to fight Triple H. You could see it coming for months, and you're just waiting for the moment, and all along the way, he's looking really good in matches. He's beating people. He's showing up Triple H. You start to view him as a viable main eventer before he even is one. So when he does get to that point, you're ready. You're absolutely ready for that to happen. And I dig it. 
That is how you build up a talent. That is what you do. And if you can nail that aspect, you'll never have a problem again. Because when you have a guy like Batista like that, and Cena who's just getting over because of pure charisma, you build main eventers that are clearly top stars. Right now, we could have Seth Rollins as clearly a top star, but we don't because it was treated as an afterthought, the fact that he beat Brock Lesnar. And the fact that Brock Lesnar is still lurking. Because here's the thing, folks. When you're defeated, you have to go away for a while. Okay? This is something WWE has forgotten. When you're defeated, you have to go away. You're evil. The whole point of being evil is when you lose, that's it. You lost. When Sergeant Slaughter was evil and lost to Hogan, he went away. When he came back, he he wanted his country back, right? Think of another good example there. When the evil is fun. When JBL was vanquished, that was it. He lost the match. He lost the rematch. That was it. Gone. He had to build himself back up. That's how it works. He's not a threat anymore. Every two months, he's not trying to get back in. He's done. You get him in another feud that is nowhere near the main event. Or they go away for a few months, which would be helped if we had my idea, which I still push for, which is that each wrestler gets like a month off a year. Because if you rotate those, you'll never have a, a loss in talent. And you'll give guys a much needed time off that they've earned, right? So imagine, like, okay, we just did a big story, and let's take Daniel Bryan, right? He had his run with the title, loses at Mania, have him go away for two months. Then have him come back, and Rowan debuts with him, right? All right, so now he's back, and he's focused on something new. He got his time off. He gets to spend time with his kid. Maybe he impregnated his wife. Who knows what's going on? And now he gets to spend time with his kid. Right? And now he's back. And he's got a new story that has nothing to do with fighting Kofi Kingston. Seamless transition. These are the type of things that you need to do to make a wrestling program work. But at least it seems like it's getting better. We're going to get Bray Wyatt soon. Because now we're not getting Firefly Funhouse. We're seeing the characters randomly appear. We're getting closer. And hopefully they don't botch the whole thing. Hopefully it works. I'm genuinely curious what Bray Wyatt's first appearance is going to look like. I am. I'm also genuinely curious where the Nikki Cross Alexa Bliss thing is going. I think it's going to be really cool. I think there's a good conclusion to be had there if they do it right. And I don't know what that is yet. I have my suspicions. But we will see. I think there's a lot of potential there if we can get rid of a couple of things. Now, Here's the part that I think they need to focus on. I actually don't have an issue with Shane McMahon being pushed as one of the top bad guys. What I do have an issue with is Shane McMahon being pushed as one of the top bad guys by beating all the top good guys. Like, it's not a big deal if Shane is a big jerk and he has other people fight his battles. That that was the Vince character. That was the Bischoff character, right? Those are the heel characters 
manager type characters that always work. You know, it, it it's Bobby Heenan. I mean, and he actually has a good arsenal. Like Shane has a good little corporate group going on there, right? Just find a name for them. I mean, they got Drew, they got Elias, they got the the, uh, the revival. It's a nice looking group. Give them a name. Give them a look. If it suits, give them suits. Call them something. Give them an official title. And let's establish a pecking order here. Drew's the main eventer, right? Elias is the mid-carder. Then you got your tag team. And Shane? Shane just picks fights with people and then has other people fight him. I don't think anybody would have an issue with Shane McMahon as one of the top heels if he was doing that. The problem is he's just beating a lot of people. That's the problem. And I think if they got away from that, and they got into this idea that Shane was just the man behind it, and only every now and again did he have a fight, and in those fights, he was vulnerable. I I know Shane is athletic more so than his father, but come on, you're 15, you're not a wrestler. Like, you try your best, but you get your butt kicked. Like, that that's your job, okay? But I think that idea is not bad. And the thing is, WWE hasn't had, like, a true stable in a while. We do three-man stables or three-woman stables. That's what we do now. And I don't know why that became the norm. Like, I actually have no idea. Because the norm used to be minimum four, maybe five. That used to be the norm. But now, it's three. And I don't know why it's three. It should be at least four. You need to, I mean, look at, just look down at NXT. Once they added Roderick Strong, Undisputed Era looked a lot better. They really did. And I think, you know, when they're teasing the thing with Roddy Strong leaving, I get it because I think Roddy Strong's talented. And I get that Strong versus Cole might be a good feud. But I also like the idea of Undisputed Era coming up to the main roster and seeing what they could do. I'd be a big fan of that, only because it would be something different. And it might be, if they do it right, maybe they can be what the Nexus couldn't. In that, maybe Adam Cole actually has a plan, actually has an idea. Because I love the Nexus at first, and I thought the idea of, we were treated like crap, and now we're going to take it out on everybody was a good idea. But when they made it all about, well, it's about Barrett because he's a title shot. And, like, it was just dumb. If you have an idea for a group, it makes sense, right? So with two minutes left in the show, I'm going to leave it to you. If you could start a group right now, minimum of four people, male or female, whatever it is, Who's in it, and why are they a group? Because the why is more important. You could say, oh, I want Cesaro and Seth Rollins, and why are they a group? I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. I think you can have a group with, with guys like Randy Orton and Cesaro and... Maybe a Baron Corbin as, like, the enforcer. I think you can come up with a group like that and have them be, like, anti-indie guys in a sense. 
you know, and look down upon those type of talents. I think that would be a purposeful group. And they would have so many talents to pick fights with. Like, you know, and they talk about how they're, they're undersized. They're not, they're not built to be wrestlers or whatever the case may be. And that's their purpose. They're, they are now a group to destroy these guys that are ruining the WWE, right? They want to get back to what WWE should be, larger-than-life characters. Hell, it might even make sense to have a guy like Shane run that and say, hey, we made millions of dollars off this. Our rich are 